Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody Mills. And the president is racist. Amen. Today we want to focus on one candidate and consider whether black folks should vote for that candidate. Black people are the king slash queen makers of the Democratic Party. We're 25 percent of the voters. And since 1992, no one has won without significant black support. The candidate we coalesce around will probably win. And so I want to discuss the candidates through the lens of who's best for us, not who will beat Trump. Beating Trump is important. Obviously, we all want to beat Trump. But it feels to me like looking at the race through the white gaze or even looking at it through who's going to be meanest to him in the debate. That's not how I want to choose my candidate. I had a debate on Twitter this week. Somebody was like, well, Liz Warren isn't tough enough. What's she going to say when he Mm -hmm. calls her Pocahontas in the debate? And I'm like, I don't care. I don't need her to have a snappy, rude retort to him. I don't need her to be out trumping Trump. I don't want my president involved in that at all. You mean you don't want a disc competition? Exactly. You didn't, you didn't want that? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, look, today we want to start this series of looking at each candidate and whether or not black folks should vote for them with, of course, Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would be amazing, I think, to see a black woman become president. It would be amazing to see a second black person become president. Mm -hmm. And it would be amazing to see a woman and a black woman, probably because black women have been at the core of America and the Democratic Party for so long. And I think about the pain that a lot of women felt around Hillary losing. Mm -hmm. Remember the morning after? Oh, I remember. My wife and I, and she, we were having an argument basically, about what had happened. And she just snapped at me like, you already got yours. And it was like, you got to see a person who looks like you be president. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't had that. And I, I felt for her. Sometimes I forget exactly how important representation is mm. because we've just become so accustomed to seeing men just lead. And so the idea for me around a black woman, around a child of immigrants, she is Jamaican. I have said before, I am as well. Um, my grandmother was half Indian from India. Wow. So like literally the roots are kind of similar in a way, yeah. mine to Kamala Harris's. And so the idea of someone like her with that 
background, with her um, educational pedigree, would be monumental. Because all we have ever been seen as, and it doesn't matter what role we have, all we've ever been seen as black women is as the health. Right. 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 So even if I am at second in command, I'm still going to be considered the help. I am there to usher along good white people and help them do what's right. And really be like the magic Negro who is doing all the work, taking care of the man. But getting none of the credit. Right. Right. And that is that is. Every black woman's experience in every industry that I've talked to, from the political industry to media to tech, it is always the same. Yeah. It is having to having to remember that that adage, that that moment in Scandal, when Olivia Pope, when Papa Pope is talking to Olivia Pope and he said to you, I told you that you have to be twice as good mm-hmm. to get half of what it is that they have. Yep. And he said, repeat repeat it, right? And everybody watching that episode mm. felt that because you have been taught that and you have been told that at some point in your black life. I was told that before I went to first grade. You had to be twice as good. I mean, first grade. Just imagine that, right? All of our parents think that they're doing us a good service in saying that, but the weight and the responsibility of it. Black women carry doubly the racism and the sexism. So the idea that she could possibly crack not one, but two glass ceilings, Mm. monumental. It would be monumental. It would be amazing to have somebody be president who thinks fondly of their time on the yard at Howard, (laughs) right? Who thinks fondly of Oakland, right? Mm -hmm. And the Bay, right? And just relates to our culture. And I hope there aren't people who are thinking, well, Kamala can't win because a black person can't get it done in Iowa or what have you. Mm-hmm. We've already seen this We've movie. Seen a black yeah. person can get it done in Iowa, in New Hampshire, etc. She could totally get it done. And, you know, for me in particular, knowing her, I've known her for over 10 years. Um, she's a woman of tremendous intelligence, mm-hmm. of probity, of strength, of humility, of dignity, of personal force, I would be more than happy to say here, you be in charge of the nuclear weapons and what we do in this country and criminal, like you go, because I fully trust your judgment, your character, how you're going to handle the challenges of the office. I have no doubt that she is a person uh, could completely handle this responsibility. You know, when I watched her really closely during the Kavanaugh hearings, Mm. that was when I said, she's a star. Yeah. She is a general. She mm-hmm. is a leader. She was drilling into that man, giving him every, every question that every woman, right, in America would have wanted to ask Brett Kavanaugh as he was sitting there before them. It made me recognize her power. And I think that that is something, and this is like the difference between, I feel what a Kamala presidency versus what we thought a Hillary presidency was going to be. And I've said this before, that I think that when we see her be commanding, whether it was in the hearings, on the debate stage, it's not a turnoff in the way that I feel like so many, obviously, given where we are, so many women and so many men felt that Hillary Clinton was a turnoff mm. because she's always deemed as being hawkish, right? Um, I as- as- ascribe part of that 
feeling around Kamala because she's very attractive. Mm. And in America, there are things that carry a lot of weight. Wealth, attractiveness, and whiteness, right? <laughs> so she has, so she has, you know, the attractiveness piece. Yes. And she ain't broke. No. But like, so, so I, I think that. But not obnoxiously wealthy. Not obnoxiously right? wealthy. Not gold toilet wealth. Right. Not, not like um, made a ton of money hard, doing some weird hard, thing. But hard work wealth. Yeah. Wealth that, wealth that most Americans can get behind yeah. and applaud. I think that, I don't think that there will be a question about can she be tough? Because we've seen the piercing gray eyes. You know, after the Woman's March and after four years of the misogynist in chief, it would be an amazing historical moment to turn around and, okay, now we're going to have a black woman run the country. And so often the country goes 180 with each president, right? The, the, the buffoon of George Bush becomes the intelligence of Barack Obama becomes mm -hmm. the uh, insane white supremacy of Donald Trump. So when you're trying to think about who's going to be the next president, maybe think about who is the opposite of Trump? Because mm -hmm. we're not going to choose somebody who's like him. We're going to choose somebody who's the opposite of him. That's typically what we do. So Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris strike me as the most opposite of Trump. And, you know, When I watched Hillary and Bernie debate in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and I was a Hillary guy from the beginning, I was like, wow, he is really authentic. Like, I believe everything he says. Mm. I did not believe everything Hillary said. I believe Kamala believes everything she says. I think that's right. I don't think she's a politician who's triangulating around, this is what the people need to hear. She's saying what she really believes. I think that Hillary Clinton, to that point, was very much a pollster candidate. Right. So if the polls tell me I should wear this color, I'll wear this color. If the polls tell me that my hair is out of place, then I'll use a different brush. I think that... But they let the people choose where they were going to vacation. Yeah. I think that Kamala is still very much a full-fledged human being. Right. With the audacity to function in that way. Right. She's right? Not like, a, and I'm not saying... You're a politician. You got to listen to, you know, some outside people, but you also have to own yes. who you are and not be owned. Now, you know, it's not we're not going to just talk about Kamala here as a symbolic figure, right? right. Like we, we would not be excited about a Mia Love candidacy for the presidency <laughs> and it would Take achieve some of the same black woman things, but she is not on the team, right? So uh -uh. it has to be more than just the demographics. And Kamala is a fairly progressive person. She wants to ban assault weapons, which I think is incredibly important. And at this moment, mm -hmm. I want to see a candidate who's talking about that, right? She's all about DACA. In the first debate, she said that's what she would do on day one, right? Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, she's about reducing cash bail, which would be incredibly important for a lot of black people. People who are poor, like Khalif Browder, can't yes. come up with a couple hundred dollars to get out of jail and they're stuck there for months and a rich person can afford any amount you could put up. That's not the way the system is supposed to be. Right. So you have to stay in prison because you're poor on a tiny offense. You get to go home on a big offense because you have a big bank account. That's not the way this is supposed to go. And I don't think that we talk about that enough. 
her as a prosecutor who we know and will go through some of the contradictions in her in yes. her record yes. that wanting to reduce that and I would say not to reduce uh, cash bail but to eliminate it altogether would be such a weight off of the shoulders mm. of poor communities and yes. communities of color who this is how police departments and municipalities have made money yes. off of the backs of the poor, yes, right? Absolutely. So you can't pay a ticket. We're going to issue a bench warrant. Then that money doubles. And that's how cities are making their money. It, that should not be the case. No, that has been a big part of what has happened in this country over the last 10, 15 years that voters have consistently demanded lower taxes mm -hmm. and Republicans especially have responded, but they want the same level of services. Well, how are we going to make up the shortfall? Well, we can uh, have all these different ways of taxing uh, black and brown people because they have less political power. Exactly. So we can tax them here, give them more tickets, what have you. This is part of what happened with Eric Garner, mm -hmm. that the, the taxation on cigarettes was important to the state's uh, income. So they're like, you know, we're like, he was just cigarettes. And the state is like, no, you are subverting the income that we need. So this is very important to us. And this horrific thing happens. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that forced David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Kamala is also like Bernie for college for all, mm -hmm. right? If you make less than a hundred, if your parents make less than one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, you want to go to a public university, you can go for free. That would be incredibly important for so many black and brown families. So many, and we have states that do this, right? There are states that do this for for young people. I just, you know, as somebody who just paid off their student loans, wow. like I did. I, wow. I did that, what, a year ago? Um, I had help with my with my parents and then a mix of taking out loans of my own and just paid and just paid them all off because my master's program was was paid for. You know, it, it just the idea 
of being able to get the education that you need, that society tells you that you need in order to get the best jobs, in order to get increased pay, should not put you in debt. Also, we should have a cap on how much schools can charge in general because I I don't see – I look at the university that I went to and their increased tuition and I'm like – does the dorm look different? Right. Does the cafeteria look different? Did well, you, you can, did you offer more parking? Well, you can rock climb now. Yeah. But look, you know, in-state tuition for a public university is really going to be a few thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So what this is doing is opening a door for people who are really working class yes. to be able to go to a good college. And it would make a massive difference in the trajectory of thousands and thousands of families. Kamala's also um, for a moratorium on the death penalty which is incredibly important to me. So many black and brown Mm -hmm. people are being sentenced to the death penalty so much more often um, for similar crimes as white people are committing. And a moratorium... I I don't believe that humans should be running a system of death when there's quite often mistakes made. I mean, tremendous mistakes that we have seen made. Massive amounts of bias in the system. It's 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 not something that humans should be running. Yeah. Now, Kamala has a criminal justice hurdle to get through, let's say. I would say. say. That in terms of whether or not black and brown voters are going to be able to support her. The record is much more complex and nuanced Mm -hmm. than has been discussed so far publicly. Um, People want to make it like, she's a cop, don't support her. It's much more complicated than that. And she comes up as attorney general in a period when the country moves very rapidly from tough on crime to being smart on crime. Mm-hmm. And even Republicans are saying, maybe we shouldn't be locking up people so fast. Kamala's caught, caught in the middle of that as the attorney general of the largest state. Do I think that she was one of these draconian tough on crime people like we think of as of Joe Biden as? Right. No, I do not. No, I do not. There's a lot of interesting things that she did while she was attorney general that were really valuable for black and brown people. Um, in terms of when she was this d- uh, DA of San Francisco, right, California had their onerous three strikes law where people were going to prison for the rest of their lives for stealing a bike. Your third strike could be anything. And she said, we will not charge you with a third strike unless it's serious or violent. So we're going to take it into our own hands to not send more people up the river for that law that was struck down shortly thereafter. Um the, you know, there's that, and she refused and I, to pursue the death penalty for a man who killed a police officer um, under tremendous pressure. If you're against the death penalty, you should be against the death you penalty have in to all be, situations. And I, and I think that that is a good, that is a good example of, you know, she has been charged with, is she flip-flopping? Is she just a convenient politician when it's convenient for her? And I think that your point on the tough on crime versus the smart on crime— if I were working for her campaign, I would I would couch my responses to criminal justice, which there are many. And we saw Tulsi Gabbard bring that up in the last debate. Right, and right. she did not have a good response to that as saying, I have evolved over time, much in the same way that society has, that we have seen that the 1990, we've seen the repercussions of the 1994 crime bill. We've seen the repercussions of a cash bail system. We've seen the repercussions of zero tolerance and mandatory minimums and how all of those things have hurt black and brown communities and low income communities. And in that vein, right, my opinions on X, Y, and Z have evolved. I mean, 
I think she handled the moment with Tulsi well in that if you're explaining, you're losing, right? And you're at 1%. Why am I even talking to you? I'm talking to the leader. I'm taking mm-hmm. him down. So I will answer your questions <laughs> in the spin room. I don't need you at all. Um, but, you know, some of Tulsi's uh, attack was unfair, right? She... You know, you fought to release fewer prisoners despite massive overcrowding to have more. And Kamala says, hey, look, this is a decision that was made by somebody in my office. I didn't know about the decision. I wish they had asked me because I would have said something else. If she has to own everything that the attorney general's office has done while she was there, decisions that quite often she had nothing to do with, then no attorney general could ever become president. Well, and I think that that is one of the questions, right? And I think that that's what black and brown people care about. Is she going to be somebody that prosecutes in a way that brings up the blatant discrepancies in our laws, in our justice system? Or is she going to be the person that just goes along for the get along? And I think that that's the question that black and brown voters need answered I mean, by her this, they need to she needs to make them feel comfortable when she was attorney general she was addressing racial bias in police departments she was requiring body cameras she put up a program allowing the public to track killings by police officers so this is not somebody who was just sort of sending people away she had a, a program that actually is kind of interesting an anti-truancy program where threat threatening parents with jail if the kids didn't go to school And I remember talking to her about it, and there were numerous warnings. It wasn't like your kid didn't show up today. We're pulling you out of work and taking you to jail. That's not what's happening. But when your kid is missing school 30, 40, 50 times, we're coming to your house and saying, can you be a little more involved? I know, but who does that sit well with? The black parents that are working two, three, four jobs in order to be able to put food on the table, and they're just hoping and praying that their kid is going to school like they said that they're going to school? Are we really penalizing parents in that way? I, I personally, yes, I get it. There were warnings, and she wasn't going to lock people up. But as somebody who is not a parent but knows single parents and working parents, right. I'm like, mm, that's not a good look. No, I know. That's not a good look. You don't, parents don't have control over their children, especially when you get to be teenagers. Come on. Uh, you know, you can't just say parent make it. But I don't think that it was a bad idea to say, hey, parent, I got to do something. If the kid is not listening, we got to do something. We got to have some backstop. But look, part of the question, I think, is... Do we talk about who she is now Mm -hmm. or do we talk about who she is now and then? Because who she is now is about bail reform, Mm -hmm. about marijuana legalization nationally, about lynching being a federal crime, right? So very DACA, so very much on the team now. And at times in the past, some things that we may not agree with, but some things that we do agree with. The question is, is she going to remain on our team? Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem that you have with people who have long records that you can poke holes in Mm -hmm. like we're doing right now and saying evolution is okay. You can evolve on issues. But are you going to remain on our team when push comes to shove? Right. And you have to make some compromises with a Mitch McConnell Mm. who is going to be 
left out in the margins? Who is going to be left out in the cold? And so these these are the questions that people want to know the answers to that I believe black and brown people deserve the answers to. And she needs to be able to make the bridge between who she was and who she is right now and who she's going to be as president of the United States. Because the problem that Joe Biden is having Mm. is, frankly, the fact that he's not making that bridge. Right. He's standing by his record. He is a statue that is literally stuck in a forgotten time. Mm. And so her ability to show this intellectual nimbleness, this political, you know, space that she can maneuver through. She needs to reassure the people that she's not going to leave them behind. A really smart person said to me a long time ago that the example of Barack Obama running for president during his first term in a national office will become the new trend because when you stay in office two, three terms Mm -hmm. as governor or as a senator, you start to make compromises. That's what politicians have to do. And then you start to have a record that is easily attacked as we're talking Mm -hmm. about. And the purists who come out for for the primary will not get behind you. So somebody who's younger and fresher and a shorter record can say, look, you know, Barack didn't have to defend actually voting on the Iraq war. Right. If he had been in office longer, Maybe he doesn't catch fire because maybe at that time he votes for the Iraq War like everybody else did, mm-hmm. and then he get and he so you know his career his candidacy really catches fire as the anti-Iraq candidate, right? He was the only one that we didn't have to be a hypocrite That's about. Right. But if he'd been in Congress, then I can't say that he would have stood up against everyone. I don't I don't know that. Um, so Kamala is suffering a little bit from that, right? Even though she's a first-term senator, so she's following the playbook of Barack there, but we have this attorney general history to chew through. Exactly. I don't think as a black person that I look at her history as an attorney general, as a cop, and say, I can't support her. You are a police officer. You locked up 1,500 people. That's not how I look at it. I look at some... I see somebody who was trying to be... Uh, smart on crime as much as she could. Now, and we can never know how much was she stuck being tough on crime because of either the laws or because you're a woman in office and you can't be too Let's soft. Just, and also, you're a black woman in office, right? You're going to be so too So if soft. you're pushing, if you're pushing against the grain, right? Does that help your career advance? Is that is that a is that a hindrance to that? So you have to go with the flow. Right. Sometimes we're forced as black and brown people to make incremental moves rather than the sweeping ones that we know are right. Right. Given the parameters that we're working within. And I think that that's a fair conversation for her to have as well. I think a lot of black and brown people would identify with that. Right. We all have to make sacrifices and choices that we wish that we didn't have to make. But at the end of the day, if it's moving the ball, if it's advancing the needle, then that's what we have to be okay with. Right. For her, I think that that is what her career trajectory has looked like, advancing the ball. I think as president, she can take it down the field for us. In a lo- She can pick up, in a lot of ways, where Barack Obama left off right. before the Trumpocalypse and, like, and, and, <laughs> and to where we are now, right? Because here's the thing, I, and, I, and I will say this, that I believe that given the current moment that we're living in right now, Right. This increased mass shootings, white supremacists, all Mm. of these things. We're also going to need a healer. Yes. Right. So it is not just about who can be tough, who can be commander in chief. Do they have the leadership chops? 
our country is fundamentally broken, yes. right? We are sick. We are quite ill at this moment right now. So it is about who can restore faith and who can help heal the wounds, not cover them up, right? Right. Because we got here because of the cover-up. Right. And that Trump was able to pick Stir. at that scab right. of racism, right? right. And, and, and reopen White entitlement, these, yes, white and re- Just open that wound. Who can actually dive in knowing what yeah. they know and heal us from the inside out? That's something that I think that we are also going to need to hold and ask ourselves which one of the candidates can do that. And I think that she is one of the candidates that can. Now, that's something I talked about last year at Politicon, that the first thing that the next president, whoever he or she is, will have to do is to try to heal the country. Mm-hmm. I will feel deeply healed by having this amazing black woman as president after Trump. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Will the other side feel healed or will they feel rejected? Will they feel even more? Look, you are replacing us. We are being wiped away. Now it's two black presidents in a row with the only exception of of Boss Hogg. Like, well, here we go. Right. Because in the run up to Trump, I saw a lot of people who are Trump supporters talking about things like this is our last chance. Right. Because it's, we're, we're mm-hmm. becoming a majority minority country. So soon it will be what? All black and brown presidents, a series of Latinx presidents, and no more white oh presidents ever. Oh, my God. So Get does, a handkerchief does, for right, them. Right, taco trucks in every corner. I so, wish. So does, so does Kamala represent, and not that I super care about what the other side said, but mm-hmm. just thinking it out. We will be thrilled. Our hearts will be filled. Our spirits will be, oh, my God, another black president and a black woman president. Two in our life. Oh, my God. But the other side will be so upset. And when we talk about healing as a country, will that even be possible? So so here's the thing. You have a bunch of these so-called Trump voters, never Trumpers. You have these white folks, Mm -hmm. right, who have been saying until they're blue in the face, I'm not racist. This was just about economic anxiety. I'm Mm -hmm. not a racist. Stop throwing the race card around. Stop Mm -hmm. doing X, Y, and Z. Well, this president, this current occupant of the White House, has been playing to your worst sensibilities. Mm-hmm. He, he thinks very little of you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He thinks that you are valueless, right? Human beings 
who they can just stoke with this carrot of look at the immigrant over there and look at the migrant over here and look at those bad black people over there. You're better than that. This is what I mean by being a healer in chief, is that I think that a Kamala Harris can appeal to those people and say, he never thought much of you. Hmm. But I know better. Mm. I knew who you were before he came, and I know who you will be after. We all fall off some type of wagon. This is an opportunity for us to restore ourselves, right? I think that Kamala Harris can do that. I think that it is not, it is, it is about really lifting up to these people and taking the wool from over some of their eyes, not the 38% that is the base that they're going to follow Donald Trump off the cliff. He leaves office, he goes to jail, they'll be sending him love notes. <laughs> oh, God, and, please. And being, please let it happen. You know, and all of these things, like they'll, they'll still be in his corner. But for those other people that got lumped in to that, to that Trumpian mentality. The basket of I deplorables. Think, I think that she can take some of those people out of that basket who oh, are like, oh, you know, who uh, are like, wait, 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 uh, who were like, I was, this was, this is not me. This is not me. This is not who I want to be. This is not who I want my kids to be. This country is broken and I want to move forward. These are some of the people who, quote unquote, they voted for Barack Obama. They said. Right. Right. They right. said that they voted the Obama, for him. The Obama Trump the voters. Ob- the Obama Trump voters. So I'm saying she can have that conversation. So you see Obama Trump Harris voters. I do. I do. Because I think that after all is said and done, and maybe I am just high on Excedrin, <laughs> but I think that she can honestly get those people back because they have lost their minds. I think that she can restore them. To a place where they can then feel like, look, I voted for a black person twice. Now I'm really not racist. You know, the an- part of the answer to that question, I am not nearly as hopeful as you are on that point. Let's watch for a week or two Fox News oh. and see how she is portrayed by Fox mm-hmm. News. And maybe listen to Mark Levin and listen to Rush Limbaugh, if you can handle it, and see how she is portrayed. That is the the oxygen for their bubble. Mm-hmm. And if she's not being given a fair shake, which I'm sure she's not in that bubble, I'm not sure how those folks come to the table. But if she can excite progressives, mm-hmm. people who said, oh, Hillary got it, or I'm just not that excited about Hillary, and I'm actually excited about this one, that would be amazing. And you know what is so apropos that mm. you are wearing this shirt? that says you are your ancestors' <laughs> wildest dreams, because you yes. definitely are. And Kamala Harris, absolutely. I mean, can you imagine if we woke Harriet Tubman up and was like, girl, look at this sister running girl, for president. Girl, look what you, look and she'd what you be did. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, I look what you did. This. Yeah. So here we are. Here we are. <sighs> Next week, maybe Elizabeth Warren. I think Elizabeth Warren. Let's just do the women, because I honestly believe that the be. I think the be. women are going to be the healers. I know that that seems like very stereotypical, but we're just better at it. I, I agree with that. All right, thanks for listening to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre, and I'm Danielle Moody Mills. We'll be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>